Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy, the managing editor of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893. We've got a special show on tap for you today. Reg E. Cathy, the award-winning actor, best known for his roles in The Wire and The House of Cards and Oz, is going to join me to discuss his upcoming performance in the dramatic reading of Sophocles' Ajax, presented on Monday, April 17th at the Rockaway Theatre Company's Post Theatre at Fort Tilden from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Now, uh, the, the performance will be free, it will be interactive, it will be followed by you know, a, a question and answer session and presentation uh, by uh, the actors, the producers, and the director. We've already had on uh, the program uh, Alex Morph, one of the, uh, one of the actors, uh, and yesterday we had the director, uh, Brian Dorries, on. So you can listen to those podcasts. Just go to the blogtalkradio.com page for Riding the Wave, and you can listen to uh, those interviews and any of the other ones we've done uh, over the last few, uh, you know, over the last few months concerning uh, what's been going on in Rockaway. But joining us now on the program, award-winning actor Reg E. Casey. Reg, welcome to the program. It's a privilege to have you on. Oh, great! Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, yes. Oh, fabulous. I didn't know if I was in the right place or not. <laughs> you are. You are in the right place, and now we have your mellifluous voice uh, to join us for the next few minutes. Oh, you're um, Thank you. I, you know, I've, I've long, you know, admired your career, and, and uh, I used to be an actor myself, so uh, I always get uh, a kick out of having uh, actors, especially successful ones like yourself, on the program, and... Um, this reading um, of Ajax is something you've done before. What, bef- before we get to all the specifics, what, what drew you to the project originally, and why did you want to be a part of it? Well, uh, originally, I'm an Army brat. Uh, my father was career Army. My mom uh, worked for the Department of Defense, and so I grew up literally on Army bases all over the world. And so when uh, I was approached, about doing theater of war, which we perform for active military, I was like all in because to me it's a way of going home. If I could, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, most army brats never get to return to an army base or that kind of a uh, existence, and there's really nothing you really, I really can't explain what it what it means to grow up from six to eighteen. on an army base there's just things that just don't compute i mean most kids don't stop for taps at five o'clock when you hear it over the loudspeakers booming across the base and and face the flag you know that just you know that's just uh, alien (laughs) but i grew up right i grew up you know knowing that that's what you do and 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 seeing young for instance i give you a perfect perfect example we were stationed on okinawa 
and uh, I was going to the I'm 12 at this point and I'm going to get my physical at the hospital so I can play little league ball and uh, back then we carried a baseball and a glove hooked to your belt everywhere you went and so I'm throwing my little ball in the air and I'm going I get my physical and I come out and uh, I hear hey kid throw me one and I turn around and this is in 1970 I turn around and there's a guy in a wheelchair and so uh, I throw him the ball. We play catch for a few minutes, and he's really like going, "Come on, kid, pepper, pepper, throw it." And he has no glove, but he's catching the ball, and and I'm throwing the ball, and I'm trying to be cool because I don't want to stare at this at this guy in a wheelchair. So years later, you realize that guy was maybe 17, 18 years old. He'd been injured in Vietnam, and he's in his wheelchair, getting ready to get ship stateside. And he just wanted to play catch, you know. What he wanted to, he wanted to play catch, and and you know you don't realize it at the time, but that's kind of that's that's a memory that I'll never be able to you know forget, and that's inspired me in a lot of ways when I thought about it. When I, once I got older and realized the importance of that moment, so to go and and to perform for the troops, to hear them talk about post traumatic stress and suicide is truly the best thing I've ever done. Did they know that? Did they know your background when they approached you, or was it just something that yes. was just yes. happened to be? Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, the wonderful actor, Bill Camp, who is a dear friend of mine for years. We were roommates here in New York for a while. Uh, Billy had been doing it, and they needed someone. Someone had got a gig, and uh, and Bill said, oh, dude, you got to get Reggie. Reggie is an army brat. I mean, you got he'd love to do this. And he was exactly right. And I got my new, you know, my latest girlfriend <laughs> from doing <laughs> <laughs> actress named Linda Powell, who uh who you know, we were friends before, but she played my wife Tech Messa and a few times and uh I was like, Hey, you're all right. <laughs> Well, we had we had Alex on the show on Monday, and we had Brian on the show yesterday, and so I asked them a lot of stuff about, you know, this process, and, um, you know, we had Theater of War was here two years ago, and it was, you know, a lot of people talked about it long after the performance was over, and, you know, it, it's something that, you know, when you're talking about um, PTSD, and you're talking about, you know, communities as they deal with any kind of massive storm like Sandy was here in 2012. Yes. Um, yeah. There is a lot of, there is a lot of, uh, they, they can, you know, they can get the accessibility from that, you know, that same PSTD that you're going to be talking about and, you know, and, and, and performing for the audience. There's going to be a lot of people in Rockaway that, I'm going to ask questions based on that. Is that something that you, you've been told beforehand and to prepare well, for? Done, is that that's the kind of audience you're going to see? We do Job specifically for uh, – uh, we did Job in somewhere in Brooklyn. I've forgotten. But we did Job uh, for uh, Sandy Survivors, if I could say that, and at this church, which had, which had been completely uh, – flooded and it was amazing uh the crowd 
truly there were people who cried, people who could relate to the trials of Job because they've just gone through this terrible thing. So uh, I'm expecting, you know, it'll, you know, Brian didn't have to tell me. I mean, I've done so many. We did Antigone in Ferguson, which was amazing uh, hmm. a few months ago. Wow, wow. You know, when I was an actor and I used to study all these, all these, all these plays, and then I taught it. I taught acting, and I used to try to. How can I make? You know, I, and and it's so funny. Like, how can I right. make? You know, Aeschylus and Sophocles and Euripides accessible to high school kids. Um, right. And this was not around. This was many years ago, so this wasn't around then. And you know, Brian and, and I talked about it. Um, obviously, as an actor, you always study everything. You study the classics, you, but, but you don't always get to perform them. You study them, but you don't always get to perform them. In your case, you've done a wide variety uh, of classics. So explain to me how different it is for you to, and for those who don't know the difference between acting on stage and doing a reading, uh, okay. even if it's a dramatic reading, what's, what's the difference like, as far as the preparation and, and, and the difficulties between the two things that you're presenting for this audience that may or may not know uh, Sophocles by heart? Okay. Uh, so the, it's a big question. Uh, the first part, the difference between doing stage and uh, and let's say like film and television, on the stage, and you'll know this, I'm in charge. It's my show. There's no director's cut. There's no, if something happens, I have to take care of it. There's no close-ups. I'm in charge, which is probably why uh, stage actors get paid the least. But (laughs) 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 the Marines of show business, and it's more fun. Now, there's some people who, some people, some actors who do film and television just can't bear it. It's just too, it's too hard because it's harder because you're in charge. But it's so much more fun. I, if I could, uh, well, that's another, I'll get into that. But so, uh, so for stage, it's more fun. For a reading, you don't get the, uh, in, in a way, a reading's harder is that you don't get the rehearsal and you don't get the time to put to really take uh take you, you don't get the the rehearsal to give yourself the confidence to know what you're going to do and it's going to work or you know so that's difficult but it's easier in a way because it's going to be quicker and you, you you don't have to worry about blocking you don't have to worry about you know, lighting, and there's so many less things to worry about. So it, it, it's weird. It, it, readings are harder and easier at the same time. But still, because you're live, it's so much more fun than film and television. And no, so I, I totally class, agree. Yeah, right. I totally agree. Classic yes. thing, I lived out in L.A., and I couldn't get arrested, man, and it was terrible. And so I stopped doing film and television for three years, and I came back to New York. I made money doing voiceovers. I was very fortunate to get some national voiceover stuff going so I could get some cash. And I only did classical theater for three years, and it was three of the best years of my life. I can't tell you. (laughs) And had Rob Dutton, Charles Dutton, had not called me up to to do his miniseries, The Corner, for HBO – I, I would have I wouldn't have come back as soon as I did. 
because I truly, I mean, and still, uh, sometimes I think it, I'd love to do it again. I'd to, to only do theater and not worry about film and television. And I say that I have an HBO thing coming out, uh, on the, the 22nd called uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. So, you know, I'm really fortunate things are going well, but still there's a part of me that would give up film and television if I could do theater and make money. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah, you know, a lot of actors I talk to, um, even, the, even, even successful ones like yourself that, you know, have, like, the shows that you've done, you know, whether it's The Wire. I mean, I I I, rem- I started watching Oz when it first came out, and I really right. didn't like your character. And now, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And then, um, you know, the work that you did in The Wire and House of Cards, you know, you know, just fantastic stuff. That those shows are the kinds of shows that um, can change an actor's perception and how uh, people will view them. And you know, especially with House of Cards. I mean, you, your 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 role on that was so well done, and so uh, you know was accessible to so many people that I really think that uh, when you talk about you know going to Hollywood and not getting you know not being able to get arrested, well, I, I was in the same boat. I did the same thing, and when I came back, I did a little bit of theater, and then I went into broadcasting, which I thought was going to be less competitive. So, so oh, <laughs> there goes that story. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it's fascinating to hear you talk about that, though, because I think a lot of actors, uh, when they do make a move like that, um, are intimidated by how difficult it is. They don't get it. When you when you work in New York, you can work without an agent. You go to California, you go to Hollywood, you go to L.A., yeah. you need an agent, you know, like you said, to get arrested. So, um, then, then As far as... With an agent, if it's not a powerful agent, then right, you, it's right. another exactly. ridiculous thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, the other aspect, I, I spoke with this, um, you know, to Alex on Monday. Um, the the emotion that, or, or you know, however you, perf- you know, access your craft. You know, everybody has a different method. Everybody has a different way of going about getting into their character. Um, right. It's a completely different situation, though, Reg, when you, after your reading, then have to deal with an audience and their emotion, because their emotion is raw and based on reality, whereas uh, many of us as actors or uh, many of you as actors uh, are channeling something different. So how, how difficult is that aspect of it, um, you know, well, to see, deal with the audience the, after doing the reading? See, that's, what's t- for the, that's the best part of the theater of war experience. Is because after we finish, and then you hear the audience talk, you know, they've been, you know, moved by what I've done. And, you know, they would talk about things they wouldn't necessarily talk about. That's a whole different kind of reward that you get. And plus, sometimes to hear like 24-year-old kid talk about, uh, you know, in a room full of 400 Marines, 24-year-old kid says, yeah... After my fourth tour in Afghanistan, and I realized everybody in my personnel character is dead, you wake up in the morning, and how do you tell your wife that you, you just got to kill somebody because all your friends are dead? You, you, that, you know, you hear something like that, and it's just, oh, my God, that, 
first of all, a 24-year-old doing four tours, that's just, oh, my God. Once this gunnery sergeant stood up in front after we had done the shows and said, gentlemen, we are part of a very small fraternity. The country went to war, and we raised our hands. And now we hear a lot of people talking about the 2% and the, the 90%. But they don't ever talk about the 0.45%. And that's the percentage of our population of this country that has been involved in 15 years of war. And you just go, oh, my God, this is just the saddest thing I've ever heard. Only 0.45% of the population has been directly affected by all these years that we've been at war. And now there's Syria and North Korea. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> and to, to be able to to do my small part in helping cats deal with it is just uh, I can't I can't say how fortunate I've been to be involved. Does that make sense? No, it, it absolutely it does because you know you don't always get and, and and Brian talked about this and Alex talked about this is that as an actor, let's be honest, unless you're doing outside charity, how many times do you get the opportunity uh, to take your talent and merge it with something that you can directly affect someone's life or directly at least uh, assist them in in how they are processing what what they're going through. Now, I come from a military family myself. You know, my dad, uh, the, the Navy was a home for my dad. He was abandoned at seven. He grew up in, in homes and, and, and orphanages. And, uh, you know, yeah, but I didn't have to travel around. He was, <laughs> I came a long time after. I came a long time after, but, but he talked about. So jealous of the Navy kids because Navy kids got to stay in cooler places. Navy kids got to go to Hawaii. <laughs> Well, he he talked about how the Navy gave him a home and changed his life. And so, you know, my brother was in the Army. Um, and so, you know, I, I get that. I, I'm able to get that kind of perspective immediately. A lot of people don't. So that's why I think it's so important uh, what you and, and Alex and Amy and Brian are doing. So look forward to the performance uh, on Monday and uh, really, um, really – just uh, very happy that you were able to share some time with us today. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I appreciate it. And uh, come see the show, bro. I, I, I can't wait. I will be there, and I will see you. And uh, have a great weekend, my friend, and enjoy New York. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that is Reg E. Casey. Reg, uh, award-winning actor, uh, if you didn't guess from the voice, uh, what he looks like. Uh, you've seen him in The Wire. You've seen him in House of Cards. You've seen him in Oz. And as he said, uh, in an upcoming uh, HBO production. Uh, so certainly uh, really appreciate Reg uh, joining us. Again, the performance of Theater of War uh, will be uh, at the Rockaway Theater's Post Theater at Fort Tilden from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on April 17th, which is Monday. And I, I just want to share one thing with you that I was reading this morning in preparation for this uh, interview. And uh, it was an article written uh, in The New Yorker uh, last September, September 12, 2016. It was written by Robin Wright. And 
for for those who who aren't aware and ha- haven't listened to the other two interviews, and I, I I I I urge you to listen to the other two because not not just because they were something we produced, but it's just very interesting, and and you just learn different things about you know this particular performance and and how the actor and how the director are approaching it. Um, the ancient Greeks, and this is what Robin Wright wrote in the New Yorker in September. Uh, the ancient Greeks, who lived in the world's first militarized democracy, at one point at one point faced war on six fronts. They understood the toxic costs of conflict. Almost 2,500 years ago, Sophocles, Aeschylus, and Euripides wrote tragedies about the human spirit that shattered, corrupted, and were abused by war. Sophocles, which I think Brian told us yesterday, uh, who was also a long-serving general, wrote Ajax. Catharsis was so integral to Greek military life that war tragedies were performed during annual theater festivals for 17,000 troops, from lonely cadets to commanders. So, you know, this is the, you know, people are always like, well, that happened in the past, and that happened in the past, what does it matter now? Well, um, here's, uh, you know, a, a specific example of something that, you know, if you had this conversation with someone, they'd be like, wow, I had no idea when I studied Greek tragedy that Sophocles was a general. It just, I just urge you that if you're, you're around Rockaway on Monday uh, to, to see this performance, because you will see, you know, the actors involved are very good. Um, the, the, the material, if you've never read it or never seen it performed, um, is powerful stuff. And I, I just urge you uh, to to take part to take part in the performance. Again, it's at the Rockaway Theater Company's Post Theater at Fort Tilden, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It is free. It is interactive, and I think that um, I think that when you walk away from it, it will it will mean a lot. Thanks again, folks, for joining us. Uh, I want to thank uh, Reggie Casey for joining us today. And I also want to thank um, uh, the folks uh, from, from Theater of War Productions who put this all together and were able to get us all of the actors uh, involved. We're still trying to get Amy Ryan uh, before Monday's performance. Uh, we will keep you updated at rockawave.com uh, to let you know whether or not we're going to be able to get, uh, get Amy uh, before the performance. Otherwise, folks, have a great uh, have a great day, rest of the week, and we'll talk to you soon. This is Riding the Wave.